Welcome to my first landmark episode of Uncontained, making it to the 10th episode, which brings up one dilemma. What do I call it? Before it was 01 or 001, 002, 003, etc. Should it be 010, 010, as some people say 10, or as a drummer from the band, well, aren't you precious? Well, he thinks it should be zero zero ten. Yeah, um, he's a better drummer than uh, he was ever at math. I'll tell you that right there. I think, I think just for this show, none of those are right. Let's go with X Roman numerals. Break those out for the tenth episode. Anyway, it's a victory that I've made it to double digits so far. Looking forward to making it to the next landmark. Which, I don't know, would that be 25? Would that be 50? Would that be 100? I'm not sure, but going to make it to all of them. I would like to thank my first 10 guests because I couldn't have made the first 10 episodes without them. Many of them agreed to be guests before I even had the show launched. And this is one of those guests as well. Nathan Timmel, he's a comedian, author, and podcast host. He hosts the Idiots on Parade too ugly for tv podcast which you check out comes out every monday on itunes in this show we discuss what he wishes he would have done earlier in his career um why he doesn't watch netflix especially while he's on the road and how he ended up with a cartoon character in his celebrity safety list you know the list of three celebrities you can get away with doing while you're married yeah, that list right there. So enjoy episode X with comedian, podcast host, author, Nathan Timmel on Uncontained. How are you doing today, Nathan? I am good, except for apparently my voice, which I had no idea sounded like this till we started talking, but oh well. <laughs> hey, it's early. We'll, we'll just say it's uh, California time right now, because that's where I'm at. So you have an excuse for morning voice. You sound You sound all right, by the way. There you go. Did that did I butter you up enough on that? Oh, I feel so much uh, more self confident now. It's it's uh, like the opposite of my birthday, where my dad is telling me I'm a disappointment and I'm crying. So it's it's the opposite of that. It's 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 a good day now. Those are those are the those are the birthdays you remember, though. Well, they they just sort of run together when it's that. <laughs> oh, so it was every birthday. I'm Probably, sorry, man. Yeah. So, um, I'm. I started listening to your podcast, uh, Idiots on Parade, Too Ugly for TV. I used to do stand-up in Iowa before I moved to California, and I uh, did some open mics with Jake Beverin. How did you two hook up? Uh, probably a Studio 13 in, Los An- in, uh, in, in Iowa City. We're both uh, huge homosexuals, and that's the gay club, so we were down there uh, probably trying to hook up, and then we just became you know, lovers found each other through the glory hole yes yeah, we're not we're <laughs> nice. not supposed to look but we did anyway <laughs> cool and uh, for those of you who haven't listened to the show um idiots on parade too ugly for tv podcast you can find at itunes stitcher uh, how would you best describe your podcast to people man we just uh we we rarely pick a topic in advance which is something we think we should change because we just sort of surprise each other like hey jake have you heard of this not really all right well i'm telling you and just make shit up on the spot and he usually does uh but yeah 
the, the tagline, I think, is part comedy, part politics, completely stupid. Um, because we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. But it's a lot of current events. Uh, we just talk about what's happening in the world and uh, with our stupid spin. I actually, once I uh, got connected with the podcast, I went back and uh, binge listened to everything. So now I'm I'm on the weekly basis. I have to wait for every Monday now. But I actually do enjoy the uh, the format that you guys have now where either one of you might not know what the topic is until one of you bring it up and then you guys just have to roll with it. I kind of enjoy the spontaneity of that. I do too. Uh, the only problem is every so often one of us will stump the other one. And sometimes, and I don't do it often, I will edit like five to 10 seconds of silence out. And that doesn't sound like a lot of time, but it really is when you realize, Hey, what do you think of this? Uh, shit, dude. Yeah. Um, and then the ball starts rolling. So it's, it's not always, uh, I don't want to call it fake, but every so often there's a little tweak. I mean, you, you you make it seem like it flows just a little better than it does. Yeah, in radio and podcasting, like two seconds of dead air can sound like a lifetime, let alone 15. So it's af- after a couple seconds, people are like checking, is this device still working? Right. Did I lose connection and all that good crap? So, yeah, editing a little silence isn't cheating. Editing out like a whole section, eh, it may be. The only, uh, one time I I thought... I amused myself with this, and I don't know if I amused anyone else, but uh, occasionally our connection breaks, and I'll usually just like, oh, we lost connection. Hey, we're back. Uh, But there was one time where I actually did go find the elevator music from the Blues Brothers scene toward the end where they're riding to the top uh, to the pay off the tax assessor scene because we lost signal. And I just felt like throwing in ten, ten, seconds, 10 seconds of hold music. <laughs> well, I mean, in reality, <laughs> I could have just edited, you know, like, and we're back because that's the joy of editing is there didn't have to be any break. But I thought it would be amusing to put a little hold music in there to not give it real time feel, but make it a little more honest. And it, like I said, yeah, amused yeah. Me. Oh, no signal. Like whenever you see it on any program, the Simpsons, uh, Simpsons have done it. Uh, Stephen Colbert does it where he's about to say something off color and then they just show up that please stand by. Uh, <laughs> yes, low, yes. Low. The off air symbol from uh, back when TV stations actually went off the air. Yeah, That was fine. My wife and I recently. Um, oh, what, like two, three weekends ago, we have direct TV and every so often they'll have like a free HBO weekend. So we just load up the DVR, and I, I, I'm happy that they have a free HBO weekend. I don't know what they're thinking, like, oh, maybe we'll get people to subscribe. Nope, we just you know record everything, and then we watch it over the span <laughs> of a couple months. But uh, they played Poltergeist, which, you know, fantastic movie, the, the original. I've, I've never seen the, the remake because I don't watch shitty remakes. Um, yeah. But I, I would like to see the remake, just the begin, beginning of it, to see how they handle what you just mentioned, the poltergeist originally uh, was based on this girl, the, the TV, the, the, uh, the, the TV channel signs off and it goes to static. And then the ghosts sort of start talking to the little girl through the static in the TV. But now that television is 24 seven, there are very few channels that go off the air. I, w- I would like to see how they flipped that switch and go said, Oh, well, since uh, televisions don't go to white noise anymore, what do they do? But, uh, that was a long winded story considering you just mentioned TVs going off there, but it was the first thing I thought of. 
Easy. It's going to be Anderson Cooper or uh, one of the jackasses from Fox News. Oh. Uh, that's going to be telling everyone, you know, like, uh, make your head spin around in circles, vomit, screaming, fuck me, fuck me. Right. So, yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen. Probably one of the Fox News pundits. Uh, uh, Cooper seems like too nice a fella to say things like that. He does. He does. But that's what makes him great. You wanted to suspect him. That's true. Like, I can Anderson Cooper's making you do this? No way. But yeah, I, I think that's how it's going to. It's been so long since I've seen the original Exorcist or Poltergeist or in, any of those old horror movies. I, uh, Jake and I talked about it the other week, um, the old horror movies. Um, and we admitted, both of us, that the last time we saw them, we found them very boring. I never found The Exorcist frightening at all. I just sat there like, wow, times have changed. And I don't like. <laughs> Michael Bay hyper editing. I think that's annoying, but I do think that there is something to be said for just speeding things up a little bit. Not, not even speed. I can enjoy like the movie Moneyball, I think is fantastic. And that moves, it could be argued at a snail's pace, but I absolutely love it. There's just something about, I don't even, I can't even put my finger on it because it's been so long since I've seen The Exorcist, but I just remember sitting there going, oh my fucking God, let something happen. Just anything. Yeah. And it didn't, and I remember seeing Rosemary's Baby after hearing about it my whole life. I heard, oh, this is such a classic, legendary, scary film. And I just sat there thinking, well, this is just a lot of nothing. You know, to me, these, these movies could have been a half an hour shorts and been much more effective. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wonder how much of that is the times of changing what we're used to seeing, like all the blood splatter and all that uh, compared to, you know, the special effects and uh, all that they had going on back then at that time. But I'm with you. I never really liked horror movies back in the day because they didn't really scare me until I came across uh, something that made me realize what horror movies were supposed to be like it's called the army of darkness no i know what you're talking about they, yeah, yeah. they made me they made me realize horror movies are supposed to be funny too or at least if you take approach them with a sense of humor they're actually entertaining but earlier on it was like man these don't scare me what the hell's the point of watching them and then then bruce campbell and the army of darkness comes along and just changes everything i uh to me i would i prefer I don't I've never seen a torture porn movie. They just don't interest me. Um, hostile or any of that sort of genre where it's just like you said, <laughs> blood and splatter. And let's let's show uh, let's just, you know, have it be violent for the sake of being violent. That's yeah. to me the most horrifying story of all time. One of the best horror films. And I don't know if it's classified as a horror movie is Silence of the Lambs. I like something that's like. This could be real, where you you created a human yes. that's a monster. Or I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna argue against what I said. the The original Halloween, I think, moves very slowly, but I think it's a great build. It's not that it's moving slowly; it's building to something. Uh, whereas you could say The Exorcist did, but I just didn't enjoy the way it built. But again, you're creating a, a real monster. You're creating a kid that's just a sociopath that's psychologically damaged and they never explain why in Halloween until he becomes an adult that just starts killing. And yeah, those to me are the, the frightening horror films. And I, you, uh, you know, you could make the argument that hostile, Ooh, that could be real. You know, you're luring people into a situation and killing them. Like, yeah, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I'd have to see, maybe I'm prejudging. I just don't think I'm interested in watching people get tortured and killed. It's, it's not my thing. 
No, I agree. I actually found Enemy of the State scarier than a lot of uh, horror movies. Remember the Will oh, Smith movie yeah. with Gene, Gene Hackman? Hack- like all that government technology. Yeah, I that freaked me out more than like, say, I don't know, Pumpkinhead or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to go to, like, uh, Three Days of the Condor with uh, um, uh, Robert Redford, again. I mean, when you, when you get into uh, government shadow agencies or Syriana with George Clooney, those, to me, when, when you hit close to home, can be more frightening than something that's like, ooh, there's an axe murderer on the loose. But as I said, uh, Halloween is basically there's an axe murderer on the loose, and I find it wonderful. <laughs> yeah, there are some exceptions to the rule. Uh, another one that uh, I don't know if you've seen, but if you haven't, you should check it out. It's the Black Mirror series. Um, it's actually a British show. Uh, you can find it on Netflix or whatever, but it goes through like basically shows technology kind of in the future by kind of showing some of it present day and how it kind of controls the life of people. There's one with John Hamm uh, from Mad Men on it where... Uh, they plant this th- this device on your retina, and people can actually block you. So you just see their like fuzzy silhouette, like you're watching I don't know Japanese porn or something. You can be blocked from society and all that stuff, and go into creating into a little node, put in this jar as your own personal servant. It's really kind of crazy stuff. Like you kind of have to watch it to understand what the hell I'm talking about. But it's one of those things that are that you could see being real in the future. Yeah. And kind of scary. The problem is uh, I am the only person on the planet without Netflix. So I get shit on it constantly uh, because of that. I get shit on constantly because I don't have Netflix. But the problem I see is... Jake has Netflix, right? Jake has Netflix, but I, I don't just get his, have the time. Get his no, it's pass not a matter code. of not paying for it. It's just it, it's <laughs> a matter of I don't have the time. Like... I, if I were to get Netflix, I, I wrote about this once. I, the reason I don't have Netflix is because I went uh, to a comedy condo where they had Netflix but not cable, and I did what everybody does. I bin, binge-watched all of Arrested Development Season 4 and I think nine or ten episodes of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt over the course of three days, and it was the least productive I've ever been in my entire life. And I don't, And I'm not trying to complain... I loved both shows. That's why I was watching them. And it's like a drug. I could see getting hooked in because good television is good television. I'm not one of these people that like, oh, TV is bad and stupid and awful. No, good television is good. But I, I am making a decision that I need to write and or spend time with my kids. And then when I'm at home and the kids go to bed, that's when I have free time and my wife and I visit or we, we try and be productive on our own. She's working on a project right now and I'm always editing videos. And so to everybody tells me like, oh, just watch it on the road when you're in a hotel room. Like that's when I'm my most productive. That's, you know, when I try yeah. and record with Jake is when I have no family around me that I can just focus and get shit done. And if I'm sitting there, you know, binge watching, uh, I'm drawing a blank on it. The Kevin Spacey show that everyone says is fantastic. The first couple seasons, House of House Cards. Of Cards. Like I, the next thing I know, like I said, I watched two, almost two seasons of television over the course of two and a half days, and I, I loved it. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, nothing got done. I did not write anything that weekend. I did not edit any video. I did not update uh, my website. I didn't work on any new jokes. 
So that's, that's the flip side is I don't, how do I put this? Um, I am I'm trying not to pass judgment on anyone here. So hopefully there's no like ego in my voice or any like swinging dick, but I enjoy <laughs> changing my act. I enjoy, Ooh, that's funny. I need to say that on stage and updating and continually developing who I am on stage. I have seen comedians who have gone five, 10, 15 years, and they've only changed their act either five minutes or not at all. And wow, 90% of the time, I can only think of one person, and I'm not here to throw anybody under the bus, so I won't even say it in praise, because it's not my place to call anyone out or even it's sort of like a backhand and compliment what i'm about to say is I, I know one comic that has literally not changed his act in 15 years and is the only person i can think of where i can still watch it almost every time where it's like i still love it even though it's not changed but every other comic if i bump into him there, there's another guy that I, I uh, that i bumped into that didn't change his act in 15 years and i ran into him for the first time in 10 and i just sat in the back of the room going oh my god dude really really this joke is 15 years old and you know i still i i have segments of my act that are several years old and that i hold on to like five minutes here 10 minutes there that i rotate in and out i'm not saying i'm super writer super performer i'm always changing and everything i do is excellent but an entire hour should not remain the same over the course of 15 years and the long and the short Agreed. of it is if i'm watching netflix all day i'm unless i'm writing jokes about netflix i'm not really or I'm being specific. Hey, who saw House of Cards? I've got a joke about it because I just watched it. Well, anybody in the audience that hasn't seen House of Cards is tuning out at that point. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Uh, so that's a very well, long well, reason I don't have Netflix is because <laughs> there's just not enough time. If I had a, if it were Groundhog Day, I would absolutely watch it. If I had a Time Turner like Hermione Granger in the Harry Potter series, sure, I would watch uh, to my heart's content. But uh, I only have limited hours. And I mean, imagine when you said, hey, can you be on my podcast? And I went, nah, I want to check out Orange is the New Black. <laughs> I'd be like, OK, yeah, that's a good show. I understand. But uh, you can you can binge watch that later, man. Uh, show girl shows her boobs and I want to see those. Actually, you do not see her boobs. Uh, I have not seen not not full boobs in that anyway. You see him in a bra. But you see a lot of other prison nudity, some of it good, some of it uh, not so good, uh, some you could do without. But The sad know. thing about her is uh, Laura Pep Pepperon, is it Pepperon? I can't remember her name, but... Uh, sounds, sounds about right. Well, she is, unfortunately, and you try not to hold things against people, especially if you don't know them, but she's a Scientologist, and... That's just one of those things where I don't know if I could get past it. Like, yeah, you're 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 beautiful and and you're you're I you know seem like a nice person, but really, Zenu, come on. Like, and I I love yeah. Tom Cruise. I think he's fantastic, but I would never you know be married to him or want to you know like I I could have you know if I were to ever bump in and be like, oh, it's Tom Cruise. That's awesome. Uh, and you know maybe have a Isn't... chat or a snack with him. But if it became you know like this true friendship, at some point in any friendship, you have to like really, dude, come on, like. It, 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 what are you thinking? Where's the scam? What's what's the angle here? Yeah, it, but isn't he uh, denouncing Scientology? Or I heard he was planning on it because uh, 
um, he wasn't able to see his kid as a Scientologist anymore because so Katie Holmes or whoever he was married to uh, was like, he's crazy and uncontainable and that religion is making him mad in order to see his daughter. He has to give up Scientology and he was thinking about it. I don't know if he actually did. I don't know any of that. I know she wasn't happy with Scientology, but the same thing is, I guess her parents are like, super Christians or, you know, super Catholic. And that's to me just as bad. Like I'm not trying to shit on Scientology specifically. I personally don't see much of a difference between someone that's a sci hardcore Scientologist and or a hardcore Catholic or Buddhist or, you know, like whatever your belief system is, come on, it's man-made. You can't call it absolute truth. If you want to believe in a God and say, yeah, I'm Christian, but I still have premarital sex and eat meat on Friday and you know, sin, but I believe there's a higher power. Okay, more, that's, that's fine. I get that. But when you get into, you know, the, and I, I like this guy, I love Mel Gibson, but when you get into his unique brand of hardcore, uh, very small church Catholicism, <laughs> just, that's <worth> like, <laughs> anti-Semitics yeah. and all that good shit. Well, I mean, come on, who isn't a little anti-Semitic? They do control all the banks and the media and Hollywood. <laughs> Jews! And now you have a hook for this podcast. You can, yes. Nathan Timmel goes anti-Semitic. And if the right people hear it, then they'll just complain about that. And you'll get a lot of, uh, you know, heat. It'll be negative light for this podcast, but you can deflect it all on me. Like, Hey, I was just letting him talk. He's the one that went off. Uh, yeah, and I was going along with them, but yeah. uh, give you something to picket about. Yeah, you know? exactly. Once they're, <laughs> once they're out there picketing and saying, it's the anti-Semitic podcast, at least there will be eyes on it and listeners will be too, well, what did they say? And then when they hear that we said they control the banks and Hollywood and media, then they, they can't argue that. Because it's true. Dum, dum, it dum. is. It is. And if I could make, make myself a Jew friend. Either that or a leprechaun friend, an Irish friend, so you could get... Oh, Irish yes, gold. leprechauns. That would be awesome. Oh, a dighty, dighty, dighty. Irish gold. Mm hmm. Rainbows, pots of gold, magic. Okay, now that we're off the anti Semitic and leprechaun remarks, um, I'm making this show partially because I want to learn the way to. I don't know, make it in the entertainment industry. I was doing stand-up for a while. I moved out here, but I'd like to get into like voiceover and stuff. And I want to let other people listening that want to get involved in the entertainment industry find out tips and things like that from my interviewees at whatever stage that they are in their career. Because, you know, a lot of times uh, the big guy, the guy who's already made it all the way, doesn't have tips that would apply to the person that's going to the open mic to start out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I can give you answers. I can sum it up in a nutshell. Don't do what I did. Um, I went to Los Angeles and lived there for six years and I know exactly what I did wrong. You have to have to have to network. You have to buddy, buddy, you have to hang out. You have to, I mean, and I don't want to say that I went out there, you know, shoving elbows and making enemies. I didn't do that, but I just did my thing and I got up on stage and then I would go home and that's about it. And if I would see people, I was friendly, like, Hey buddy, what's going on? You know, but I never, like I was friends with my friends and that was it. And you have to be friends with everybody. You have to just network your ass off because that to me, I, believe is the most important element to success is once they know you and like you, it is so much more important than whether or not you're talented or original.
if like, oh, hey, yeah, Aaron's a good guy. Let's just use him. That happens much more often than, well, let's look at a bunch of resumes and see who's the most qualified. That's, yeah. that's the answer I can give. I can't really tell you much else, but my advice would be to network, 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 be nice, be likable, and take an interest in other people so that they take an interest in you. That's the only advice okay. I really have for making it because I literally thought it was a merit-based industry and I was wrong. So learn from my mistakes. All right. Definitely a good piece of advice there. And uh, yeah, there's been that. that's so true even outside the entertainment industry. Like uh, people know you, you get a job. It's not like if you don't aren't networked, you're kind of working a crappy job trying to meet people, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I guess I could have said that, is that it's just like any other industry. It's who you know. Um, I don't think there's any industry. I, um, I had a neighbor for a little while who was a former Hawkeye football player in Iowa that made it to the NFL, and for three or four Maybe, I don't know how many years, three or four years, was on and off the practice squad of a major football team. And I'm not going to give names because, again, it's not my place to talk about anybody. Um, right. But he uh, would come home for the summer, and then they were like, all right, uh, you're, you're kicked off the roster. Okay, now you're on the practice squad. Okay, now we're putting on the 52 or 53-man roster. I forget what it is. Now you're bumped back down to the practice squad. And it was constant. And you'd talk to his wife, and I watched – the 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 preseason games and when he was on the field he did a good job he did his job he was uh when i saw him he was supposed to he was on the offensive line he had to protect the quarterback and you know you'd see the quarterback get sacked but it was on the other side of the 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 um you know if he was on the right hand side the guy tackling the quarter was from the left hand side like he always had his man nothing bad happened and then he got yeah. cut and didn't make it and i'm talking to his wife and the NFL is just like any other industry. If you get the right agent or if you get the heat on you, they will give someone that has heat 10 chances and someone that has talent one chance if they don't have buzz. They can have the best player in the world. And if nobody really sees it correctly, the guy that everybody says like, oh, dude, this guy's awesome. Really? Yeah. You know, and if he gets all hyped up then he can fuck up and fuck up and fuck up until, I mean, look at Michael Vick. My God, the guy can go to jail yeah. and come back and have like an explosive half season and then go back to being Michael Vick, which is, I'm not saying a good or bad thing, just he's, he's not, the be there's a reason he gets keeps getting bumped down to third string, but they keep taking chances on him. Is So I'm sure there are talented quarterbacks out there that just don't get the break. Look at how Rodgers made it into the league. Think about Aaron Rodgers. A oh, guy that's coming right. Up. You're a Packers fan. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not even talking about him from that aspect or angle. Okay, then fine. Turn it around. Go to Tom no, no. Brady. You can talk. You can you can go about Rodgers. I know Tom what you're Brady saying. Brady is the same thing. There's a guy that was drafted. I forget. Was it like 66th or something? I mean, a guy that was always fighting for the starter position in uh, Michigan when he was in college. They kept saying like, ah, we're probably going to go with this other guy who's a little better. And he constantly had to prove himself and then got second string and then got his break. And the same thing with Aaron Rodgers, where I said, I mean, he went to community fucking college of all things. No one wanted him. So these are such rare stories. But I'm saying that there are probably, probably five to 10 Tom Brady's or Aaron Rodgers out there 
who never get the chance, who are just dismissed because they didn't go to the right school or they didn't have the right break or they didn't yeah. have the right tape and they no one took an interest in them because they were all looking at the Ryan Leafs or the um, Matt Leinart or anyone else that flamed out because those idiots. Jake Plummer. Yeah, they, those idiots got heat. I mean, I, the funny thing was, was Leinart, when he uh, made it into the NFL, like so many people were saying, well, I don't know. He's doing that California hot dog thing. And sure as shit, he just he didn't have it. And then Sam Bradford comes in and gets a multi, multi, multi. And Sam Bradford changed the way they do business in the NFL. He got such a huge contract and was such a letdown that now the NFL has in place that new, and I don't know what it's called, but it's not new anymore. It's like a couple of years old where it's like, okay, rookies cannot get paid millions and millions of dollars without proving themselves. And Bradford, I thought, was hilarious because that whole cha- uh, trade last year where Foles went to the Rams and Bradford went to the Eagles because Chip, Chip Kelly got a, an erection for him. Um, the funniest story I read was that Bradford was up for a new contract and they offered him something like $18 million And he went, nah, I'm going to pull, a, I'm going to wait and see here. I'm going to pull a, 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 oh, fuck, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The quarterback for the Falcons, uh, not Falcons, uh, not Matt Ryan, the, the Ravens. Who's the, I can picture him. Flacco. Flacco. Flacco said, you know what? You're offering me a contract. I'm going to hold out. And he won the goddamn Super Bowl and then got a huge contract. That's what Bradford did. Bradford said, nah, I'm going to wait. 18 million or 18 million isn't enough. And then he had the shit season he had with the Eagles. And now he's going to get offered fucking nothing, but he'll still end up somewhere because he's all. And I thought it was hilarious. It's like, dude, you've never proven yourself and you don't think 18 million is enough, but that's here, neither here nor there. This all goes back to networking. It happens in every goddamn business. However, these, these flameouts got where they are, it's because they knew the right people and they showed enough talent. I'm not saying they'll just like, if, if Bradford was throwing like uh, Tebow, he would have never gotten a big contract. I mean, he showed promise, but he obviously yeah. had better agents than Tebow and had a better press kit, a better press package. He had more people backing him than Tebow did. The one that baffles me even to this day as a Bears fan is Cutler. How how he got that giant contract, yep. I don't know. Even though even though this year he actually did decent, he didn't suck this year, but getting whatever whatever hundreds of millions of dollars that he got is just insane. But I think there's been a rule that I don't know if it started with him, you know, contract negotiations like with Sam Bradford and rookies, but there's like more of a, after that, I think there's more of a performance based thing. They yeah. start doing it with like RG three or something like that Kaepernick, with a big contract. Right? And then Kaepernick. Yeah. You know, like, Oh my God, it's a $200 million contract. Fine print. Yeah, if you suck, you're getting ten million, and cut. and that's what happened. Is he didn't meet any of the expectations, and I think that's fine. I think that you know if you are getting these huge sums, there should be expectations built in. Yeah, definitely. You know, like winning and not throwing more interceptions and touchdowns. But I've said, I mean, when Cutler signed that contract, I've I've made this joke repeatedly, not on stage because I can't find a way to make it stage funny, but more exasperated, not funny, but sad. I should have been a mediocre NFL quarterback because they all get these millions of dollars to just sort of flounder. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's Cutler's career. I'm, I don't know. Hopefully without Adam Gase, he can continue on his road to not sucking, but Adam Gase did a great job with him, but now he's coaching the dolphins. So yeah, 
I had to give you crap about being a Packers fan just because of the Bears fan and the cheeseheads and stuff like that. Yeah, you can give all the crap you want. We still uh, perpetually have better seasons than you. Even if you beat us at Lambeau, we're still going to lose in the playoffs as opposed to uh, not going to the playoffs. Right. And we don't have a <laughs> shot against the Cardinals today. Everybody's saying, oh, it's going to be so much different. It's going to be so much closer. I have resigned myself to the fact that we are losing to the Cardinals today. I'm not going into this with a, you know, just a cocky attitude or it's going to be close. I, I don't see it happening. I last yeah. week they beat the Redskins. That's not making a statement. That's beating the Redskins. There's a difference. And it was getting off to a rough start against the Redskins too. Like if they get off to that same start against the Cardinals, there's no coming back like against the Redskins. Yeah, exactly. I actually heard on your podcast, you were a fan of some other NFL team before, for the Packers, correct? Because you didn't like Brett Favre or something? Well, I mean, my childhood team was the Los Angeles Rams. But yeah, when I lived in Wisconsin uh, in the 90s, I just, I just, I couldn't really watch them all that much. I didn't really start to enjoy the Packers till I moved away and then it was sort of nostalgic. But I never, I never was a fan of Brett Favre. I never liked him. Being a Bears fan, I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, but I can at least respect Brett Favre as far as what I see on the field. I know you had some other reasons for off-field that you didn't like him, but it just seemed like he was kind of like Rivers, the quarterback for the Chargers. I just really loved playing the game, and that's what I liked about him. Well, and see, with Rodgers, he just seems like a good person, and so I I can like and respect that, and... um, you mean anybody listening to yours that's never listened to our podcast, you might as well just tell them. Like, the reason I didn't like Favre is when you lived in Wisconsin, you heard all the stories. While he was on, while he was, you know, peaking and playing at Super Bowls and doing that, oh, shucks, I'm just a country boy from Mississippi, you know, like, I'm a good old boy. Be, like, everybody knew he was a pill popper before he came clean. And my problem is not with being a pill popper. If, I mean, football is a rough game, you're given medication, and that's understandable. Uh, the problem is when you're like, oh, shucks, do you not, you know, whatever, like be honest about it or, you know, everybody. And I'm speaking in quasi slanderous libelous terms here. So I will uh, try and do this in a way that keeps me from being sued by Brett Favre, who will never, ever, ever hear this podcast or me say this anywhere. I could I could go on stage every night as a comedian and talk about Brett Favre and he would never hear it. I'm, I know my place yeah. in the uh, comedic world. Um but there were so many stories of him. He, he owned the steakhouse in Milwaukee and uh, fucking waitresses or trying to fuck waitresses or hitting on customers or fucking customers. And at the same time, you'd be like, I love my fiance. I love my wife. So when the whole Jets thing came out that he was texting his cock to that you know, sportscaster, it, like this is not a surprise. You don't. To me, it's look. If you want to be a hound dog and say you fuck women like Wilt Chamberlain, then say I fuck women like Wilt Chamberlain. Don't like. Oh, I'm just. A, I'm just a southern boy that loves my wife. When you're fucking sending cock shots to a woman, you don't be a hypocrite. That's what I don't like about him. If he had been honest, like. Like fucking McMahon for the Bears. He loved being a uh, drunk and he played goddamn drunk. You know, like he and, <laughs> he and Ditka would get into it. There was a great expose on him where he got benched because he was hung over, but the backup was uh, floundering and he, you know, he was all cocky and, and, you know, arrogant and, you know, had that quarterback swagger that said, get me fucking in there. I'm going to do this. And he did. He went in semi-drunk, hungover, and won the game. I think it was against the Vikings. I don't remember exactly. But the whole point is, 
he never hid behind his alcoholism. He, he was just like, yeah, fuck it. I like to party and I'm a quarterback. Like, be honest. That's why I didn't like Favre is he put on this face of, uh, you know, fidelity. And all the while he's, you know, fucking anything with a heartbeat. Understandable on that one. Yeah. If you're going to do something, live up to it. Yeah. Or be that. Say, you know what? I love my wife. But every so often, I enjoy sending out a cockpit to a woman I find that's hot. Be honest, you know, like, like, okay, if she's okay with that, then who am I to judge? But don't say I love my wife. Oh, that's not my cock, even though, like, the, the one thing about it is, if you remember when that story hit, there was not a single sportscaster that said, wow, this is a stunning development. They were all just sort of like, oh, yeah, Brett Favre finally got caught. They didn't say that, but that was their attitude because it had been rumored for years. Or It's like one of those things that everybody on the inside seemed to know, but no one would say because they didn't want Brett Favre's lawyers coming down on them or they didn't want to be the first one through the, the wall to take all the attention. You know, they, it, So once it happened, they were all like, oh, cool, we get to talk about this. Yeah, Chris Collingsworth was probably upset that he didn't receive a picture from Brett Favre. <laughs> but, uh, you know, him and John Madden really liked Favre, too. So, yeah, But he, he wasn't into that type of thing, I don't think. But <laughs> but Chris Collingsworth, I think he'd like to see a picture of Aaron Rodgers, too. Well, nothing wrong with that. If I, if I got a naked pic of Rodgers, I'd be like, huh, all right, I'd take a look at that. <laughs> I saw, and this is... This is uh, Oh, horrible, horrible of me to say, but again, nobody's, I, I tried watching Olivia Munn on uh, the Colbert show the other night and it just, uh, you never, never watch celebrities because they just open your mouth, their mouth and you're like, ah, well, it's, it's, she's a great actress. I loved her in the newsroom and I loved her as a day, but, and this isn't just her. This is, there are a lot of, you see people that are great actors or actresses that they try and give an Oscar speech or give an interview and you're like, wow, when someone is not putting words into your mouth, you just don't know what the fuck to say. You are not, you know, coherent. That's interesting because she used to host a show called, it was on uh, the G4 network. It was, I, I don't know if it was Attack of the Show or something like that. So she has experience like being like, I guess, not acting in front of the camera. Maybe but was it, it was extemporaneous or was it on a teleprompter? Because I, that's like a good said, question. I don't know. Fantastic on the newsroom. She's a wonderful actress, but then just trying to talk and you're like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe she tried to pull the Jim McMahon and showed up hungover. No, yeah, that could be. It's a possibility. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, celebrities, coherent or interesting on this show. So anybody listening like, yeah, but I've tried listening to this and you're just fucking yapping on true. Fair point to you, listener. I got two more things to talk about, and then we can wrap this up here. Uh, I was reading some of your posts on the Huffington Post, and that sounded a little redundant, but yeah, you know what I mean. One of them was about uh, you may be in love with a cartoon character and your get-out-of-jail-free list. Yeah, Celebrity Crush, the uh, Celebrity Safety List. And that that's, I actually, what you just talked about, it's a good segue because it's what I was talking about. Like, uh, you, you see Olivia Munn, and you're like, oh, my God. God, could anyone be better looking? She is drop dead gorgeous. And you, you, you have these fantasies like, oh, if I could only meet her and be with her. And then she starts talking. And you're like, oh, yeah, beautiful doesn't really cover that. Um, so it goes away. But yeah, I, I, my daughter loves and I, I enjoy, too, the movie Big Hero 6. 
And that was actually very entertaining. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, it's a great movie. I didn't know what to expect either. They they sold it one way, and then it turned out to be another. It's a very emotional uh, journey, very wonderfully done. But there's a cartoon character in there, Honey Lemon, that after seeing the movie 20 times, when you have a three-year-old, you see shit repeatedly. I suddenly <laughs> noticed, like, you know, she's an upbeat and fun character. I like her. And I said to my wife, I'm like, hey, I think I'm putting Honey Lemon on my uh, celebrity safety list. And my wife's like, that's a cartoon character. And I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. She will never let me down. It's already a fantasy. The idea that I would ever meet and uh, get the opportunity to uh, be with um, uh, Anna Kendrick or... Uh, I can't remember who I never remember who's on my celebrity safety list because it's I, such a you said uh, such a worth in the article. It was Allison Brie. Yes, I yes, from Community. Oh my God! See, and that's the thing is I can never remember that because it's like it's it's such a <laughs> it's not going to happen. There's no point in dwelling on it. Why even waste brain space remembering which celebrities you think are attractive and interesting? Because it's just dumb. Why would I spend my day thinking about Allison Brie? But when you say Alison Brie, my first response is, oh, my God, she is gorgeous. That said, um, you know, Honey Lemon, it's, it's fake. The idea that I could ever hang out or hook up with Alison Brie is as realistic as it is that I would hang out and hook up with a cartoon character. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just throwing a cartoon character onto the list because the probability is absolutely the same. I mean, I, the, the probability I will hang out with Alison Brie or win a $1.5 billion lottery, or hang out with a cartoon character, even odds. They're even odds. And that it doesn't matter that the cartoon character isn't real. Even odds. So I figured, fine, I'm just going to put a cartoon character on the list and be done with it. And I told my Does wife, the if I ever start like buying Honey Lemon figures, or you find like uh, Honey Lemon pictures on my history browser and know that I've been doing naughty things thinking about her, then we have a problem. But as long yes. as I'm looking at it like, fuck it, she's a cute cartoon character. It's as, it's as stupid as anyone else I would fantasize about. So I'm just throwing her on the list. That's, that's why I did it, because she's a fun, bubbly character. And yeah, it'll never happen. Now, does Honey Lemon uh, include the voice actress no, that plays her? she's a real person. And I, I, okay. if, if you bump into the real person, it can be ruined. I think in the article I used one example is I think Avril Lavigne is just this cute little tight package of sexy. But then, you know, I talk about the news this week of David Bowie's passing. I remember when she was giving Grammy announcements and said, and nominated for whatever, David Bowie, and it's like, oh, you're just too stupid to talk. <laughs> you're just dumb. And then she goes and marries Someone the guy write from your Nickelback, you. and she smokes, and you're like, that ruins the fantasy. You, you look at her, and you're like, wow, you are physically stunning. And then she talks, and you're like, oh, you're just a fucking dumb brick. Who writes your songs for you? Because the, you can't have the package of talented and uh, intelligent, apparently. You, you can. It's just very rare. Because she'd be talented, but just annoying. Yes. So Honey yeah. Lemon will never let me down. She will never uh, be racist. She will never support Donald Trump. You'll never see her at a Donald Trump rally. You'll never, uh, um, she'll never marry the guy from Nickelback. So she is, in a way, the perfect fantasy. Like, Alison Brie is gorgeous, but she's married to, or married, she's engaged to Dave Franco. Which is, you know, Dave Franco's good. He's he's fine. I like him, but he's still a Franco. You still have that James Franco connection, which yeah. you go, God damn it, just too, too annoying. 
Fair enough. All right, so we got that out of the way. Done a lot of uh, SFL sh- SFO shows in Iraq and Afghanistan, correct? Uh, sure, why not? How, how did you end up getting set up with that? You know, this is going to go against everything I said earlier, but it also falls kind of in line with it. I was doing an open microphone, and a guy saw me and said, hey, shoot an email to this person and sh- say you want to do military shows. Um, I said it's who you know, and I guess because I met him, he knew me, but it was more merit-based. I said nothing happens merit-based. But since you hit me with that question, yeah, I did a show and this guy said, email this person and drop my name. And I didn't know him. I had no idea who he was. He just said, trust me. So I did. And I got hooked up with military tours. He saw me, he liked me and said, and it turned out, um, it was the booking agent's brother. And so I just had this immediate in and that's what got it all rolling. It was just complete luck where I, I happened to do a show and someone was in the audience that had a connection. Cool. And did you have to pay your own airfare to Iraq? Was it hard to find a flight? No, no, they do all that for you. It's 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 not you don't do it. There's not like a, and here's your check for ten thousand dollars for performing for the troops. They give you a little food money because they know you're taking off work. Uh, you know, like, oh, you're going to be overseas for 10 days. That's a loss of income. Yeah. Here's, here's a little scratch. But the nice thing is, is that you just show up at the airport and everything's taken care of. They you become like a panda that comes from China to the United States, uh, to be put on a zoo exhibit. You know, you get off the airport and there's a handler waiting for you. Okay. Step over here, sit here, wait here. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to take you here. You know, like you're just, you don't really have to do anything. You just be where you're told when, what, at what time you're told to be there and everything else is taken care of for you. They just, they just take you where they want to take you, put you on display, you do your job and go on to the next one. Uh, right. And I heard that one of your shows got canceled due to mortar attacks. Is that correct? That happened a couple times. Uh, well, maybe it only really happened. We, the, the, actually, you're right. Um, the camp camps would come under mortar attack every so often, but only one show got canceled, um, an afternoon show. And I hopefully wrote this correctly because when you say it, it can sound exciting and dangerous, like, ooh, we were under mortar attack. And I do believe I wrote it correctly. When I say the camp came under mortar fire, it was not like anything you would see in the movies. The camps are so big that if the radar picks up incoming mortars anywhere, they cancel everything and you have to go under protection bunkers or, but so, I mean, this isn't like there were bombs going off all around us. We were on a, I believe, Maybe it wasn't an Air Force base, but they still had an airfield. So these mortars were hitting out on the runways. They were nowhere near us. And I I don't make it seem like I was, you know, like, ooh, danger. But yeah, so even if they're hitting out on the runways, they're not saying like, oh, yeah, they're hitting out there. Everybody congregate in one area. No, they they say, all right, there's someone out there shooting shit at us. Everybody play it safe till we figure out what's going on. So we were not in any, quote, danger, but there was still incoming fire. I never want to play it up like you know, that it was exciting and yeah, thematic to a film or a Michael Bay movie. No, it was like you were in platoon or something like that. Right. Like, you know, I, I may have heard a thud once off in the distance, but it, it, you know, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of yards away. We're not talking where, Whoa, that was close. No. (laughs) All right. All right, well, we should probably wrap things up, man. Thank you, Nathan, uh, for joining me. 
where can people get a hold of you? I know you got the podcast, uh, Idiots on Parade, Too Ugly for TV podcast, your Huffington Post articles, uh, NathanTimmel.com. Uh, any other uh, things you want to plug, promote, anything like that before we wrap up? Uh, the big one is NathanTimmel.com. You can generally find everything from there. In fact, I, I uh, post my blogs to my website first and then offer them to Huffington Post or they get reposted. So, uh, NathanTimmel.com is your one-stop shopping. Uh, the blog will be there before it's anywhere else. And then if you want to go to Huffington post and give them the, the advertising clicks, that's fine. But my website does not have any advertising on it. So if you give me the hits, yay, then I get hits and it makes me giggle inside because I can see website traffic. But, uh, yeah, NathanTimmel.com, everything's right there. Okay, cool, man. Thank you once again. And, um, well, Keep in touch and live uncontained. Have a great day. Thank you for having me. And uh, all listeners, um, my parting message to you is... Elevator music. Yeah, I just did that on purpose right there. That was was me not getting stuck. That was me leaving them hanging. Yes, yes. Leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting more. All right. Thanks a lot, man. No problem. Thank you again for listening to episode X of Uncontained. Yes, for those who don't know Roman numerals, that is episode number 10 with Nathan Timmel. And thank you to Nathan Timmel for coming on. And uh, make sure you check out www.nathantimmel.com, the home base for everything Nathan Timmel. And you can find a link to his podcast there or search it on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcast uh, provider you listening to. Uh, it's the Idiots on Parade podcast, Too Ugly for TV, with co-host Jake Vevra. Once again, NathanTimmel.com. And Idiots on Parade, Too Ugly for TV. That's the podcast checking out. And a little Uncontained news just recently launched the new Facebook page, Uncontained on Facebook. Check it out if you aren't subscribed already or like it already. Please do so. And I also just posted Uncontained to the Google Play podcast library. So one more place for you to be able to check out Uncontained, along with iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and whatever pod player you are listening to already. So as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Until next time, live Uncontained.